Hello and welcome to Blogging Fringe Podcast number 1510. This is the 10th episode we've done in 2015. I'm the host for today, Ryan Price, and we have another international guest with us today. If you can't tell, I'm trying to get through all of the out-of-town artists in these sort of like pre-fringe interviews, and we're going to get to the sort of more local artists closer to the festival, during the festival, that kind of stuff. Uh, we are getting ready for Orlando Fringe starting May 13th, and an artist who is coming to Orlando, I believe for the first time, I hope I hope I'm getting that right, is Sydney Hayduck, and you are joining us from Winnipeg. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, you were actually referred to me by one of our uh, other previous guests, Keith Brown. Yeah, my little magician friend. Yeah. So he's not in Winnipeg, but he does tour Canada quite a bit. So I'm assuming you guys have met before. Yes, that's Maybe correct. We've asked him. You know, we just assume down here in Orlando that everybody who doesn't live in Florida just knows each other. So <laughs> you guys must all be friends, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, we're all friends. You go sh- shopping for snowshoes together. I don't know <laughs> what else you do. Like, you know, like hugging elk. I'm not sure what happens up there in Canada. Yeah, we hug elk. We live in igloos. We, you know, shop for snowshoes. Just Lots the of usual theater. Canada That's stuff. the only thing I really know about Canada is they have really awesome theater. Oh, well, I think so. Yeah, definitely. We've got great programs here, and there's just, like, good people that want to make cool art. So, But I hear Orlando Fringe is, like, the best fringe, so I can't wait to go. Well, we, we do okay. Um... <laughs> I'm a fan. That's what all I can say about it. That's great. So, yeah. uh, Sydney, I guess if if I was just somebody that met you in the hallway and I wanted to know about your show, what would you tell me? It is a one-woman storytelling dance piece um, revolved around the story of a uh, little girl being tucked in at night um, by her grandfather and him telling a uh, bedtime story. So who plays the grandfather? You have like an old man that travels around with you? Yep. He's an old man. He literally kind of travels around with me. Oh, well, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm the old man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I brought my grandpa to Orlando. No, it's just me. Um, but he does, uh, kind of travel through time in the show and he Mm. kind of like lives in different elements in different parts of the story. So, in Annie's element, um, <clears throat> he's not necessarily around anymore, but in um, in the story of Village Axe and the one he's telling, he's actually, like, the mayor of his village. So he kind of, like, has these different roles throughout the play. He's kind of a cool guy. And and what's the Village Axe? Like, can you tell us, or does that is that a spoiler? I can tell you. It's kind of a home away from home. It's kind of like the idea of anybody's haven. It's like, you know... Like, it kind of stemmed from, you know, the idea when you're having a bad day and everything is happening to you all at once and you're like, I got to get out of here. Like, I need to, like, go somewhere. Like, I I want, I don't know if it's death that I need or something, but it's just kind of like a haven that you need to kind of escape to. So it kind of turns into this escape for all these people who literally just kind of need to disappear. Hmm. So it's not like an axe for chopping wood necessarily. What's... I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what's the axe part? Oh, okay. Axe is short for axiom. Ah. So you're already taking the smallest thing that you can break something down into, and then you're abbreviating it. Yeah, This is a show for clever people. 
it's a, if you like to think and if you like metaphysical stuff, like this is your show, basically. Everything kind of intertwines and kind of connects at the end of the day. And yeah, it's pretty interesting because you just kind of keep discovering through each through each monologue and through each piece something new about it and how it connects some more. It sounds great. I'm definitely Ooh. excited for it. Well, I'm thanks. Me too. <laughs> That's good <laughs> that you're excited for it. Yeah. So you you have said now you're doing dance. So is that something that you have always kind of done dance and then you're combining it with storytelling? Like what, how, what's the process for, for creating a show like this? Do you just say like, Hey, I have this story. Like where did this, how about this? Where did the story come from? Okay. Um, well I can, I can answer that dance question first. Okay, um, good. I, I, I was a dancer for about 14 years and then um, it was like, oh, university or dance. Well, this is this, this is the story of my life now. But um, basically, I I just I stopped. But I when I started creating, um, I'm just I've just kind of been incorporating it back into my shows, and um, it's kind of um, it comes into the show as as this little creature that dances around, and it's like the idea that like the creature lives inside the this this main this other main character girl Charlie she's another one of my big characters and so the creature is kind of like the creature within her and so he he, he kind of like physicalizes her life or whatever um so that's how dance is incorporated um but the process of kind of how it comes together is i also just took um a big course at the university of winnipeg called devised theater which is <clears throat> i don't know if you've heard of it a lot of people haven't it's it's a very interesting way of creating theater, which is just kind of like you're kind of given these tools and kind of say, go. And there's minimal text and it's mostly movement-based. So, and that's kind of where this is stemming from. So half of the story, um, me and my roommate are just like frantically writing it and putting it together and making sense of it. And then the other half of it is me kind of devising it in a black box rehearsal space, just kind of going crazy for, you know, so many hours in a day. I hope that answers your question. Yes. Well, okay. and I think that people that are big fans of devised theater are also big fans of things that involve movement, right? That like mm -hmm. the visual communication, not just with words, right? Definitely. Yeah. And I think I wanted to add that element because I'm such, I'm such a big fan of it. So <laughs> totally. And there might be, I'm not sure yet, but there might be some tap dancing. I might bring my tap shoes. So that might be fun. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Very neat. Um, yeah, so devising. I mean, is this the first show, so, sort of like full-length show that you've taken on tour that had that process? Um, this actually stemmed from a really great thing about the device class that I took is we were given each student was like, okay, create a 20 minute device show and then put it up for the, like just like a university show. So I did that and I kind of took my little creature guy and I did like my 20 minutes with him and we did a show together, me being the creature, not that I had a little creature guy that I was like going along <laughs> with. And um, so it's, it basically stemmed from that. And then <clears throat> actually Mike, like the director of the Orlando Fringe last year, I just met him in Winnipeg and he saw my other show and he's like, Sydney, you have to apply for Orlando. So then I did and I planned, I really wanted to go with my other show, the one that I did last year. But my friend was like, oh, it's too expensive. I can't do it. So I was like, crap, I need to come up with a one-person show. So the reason why I'm doing this 
is is kind of for an adventure mm-hmm. and also just to because you know why not i got into orlando fringe so we gotta we gotta do it we gotta put together something so awesome yeah so uh which which venue did you get into the purple venue the purple venue it's a good one yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah it's really it seems really beautiful it's you know the the stage is a little smaller there if you if you are moving around a lot or maybe you'll end up you know getting playful and running around the room because it's in the round or it's not really in the round the people are like the the middle of the room it's kind of you've probably seen pictures of it at this point actually i had a dream about it oh yeah yeah it's pretty weird i saw the pictures and i was like i had a dream about that (laughs) (laughs) it's meant to be Uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's very funny story. Like that, that venue, it used to be the art gallery and then they had an outdoor room and it kept raining and they would have to keep moving the outdoor stage into that room. And then one day somebody said, can I just apply to just have my show in there? And they're like, yeah, I guess so. We could just close the doors and we could install a soundboard. Yeah. Right. You could have a show in there. And then the next year they were like, Forget all this outdoor stuff. It rains in Florida. We're having... That's that's our new venue now. So it's oh, all very great. organic. Yeah, totally. And it became a very like, popular venue for the, like, the one-person shows and um, you know smaller shows kind of thing. You don't need a lot of tech. You don't need a lot of space. You just want to show people your awesome self. Totally. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, I'm just happy to be there. I mean, if like put me in the back of an alley, like I'll, I'll figure something out. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> Neat. So Winnipeg, you said it's it's snowing right now. Are you looking forward to uh, coming down here and sweating it out? Yeah, I am actually. Actually, I don't mind the snow because, well, I've got these pollen allergies. So I'm like I'm doing fringe in the spring because I get to escape them. Um, but also I'm afraid of burning in Orlando that's a fear that I have because I hear it's very hot but I'm excited we're gonna do it I'm gonna try to tan it's gonna try I'm gonna try to yeah it's 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 definitely possible but you know you get some rain and you go out and it's humidity and then somebody gets you tickets to go see Harry Potter and you ride a roller coaster and you know you do the whole thing that's it's part of the fun of coming down here I think too of why why all the art out of town artists like doing it. We have a good space. We have all of our venues in one spot. We have a lot of people come, and then we also have theme parks. Yeah, that's huge. That's a huge part of it for sure. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Definitely awesome. So, in your in your Facebook page, there's a picture of an accordion. Does the accordion enter into the show at all? No, it doesn't. That was my show from last year. Um, we. Like my friend, who's very musical, ta- musically talented, that I was with last year, um, she, I, she said I had this accordion. And I said, "Learn it." So she did for the show, and so we promoted with it. But yeah, so that's that's from last year. But so, what kind of other stuff do you do then? Is it still more kind of um, dance stuff? Like, what do you do? Acrobatics? I mean, what what's what can we what can we look forward to? <laughs> what can we look forward to? Um, well. I think we, uh, okay, basically the, the, the mission statement of Peachy Keen and what we really try to do with all of our shows or what I try to do with all of my shows um, and then the folks who are on board with me is we create kind of, a reviewer said it once, um, like a mythology around a message. 
So we just take something that's really important to us. So last year was about being yourself. And we took the message of being yourself, very simple, and we just kind of created this like huge adventure and mythology um, and these like kind of crazy French-looking clowns who travel through dimensions. And, um, and we just got really creative with it. Um, I think what we can definitely look forward to is some creativity with the tech, the lights and sound. I used to be, well, I am a technician. That's what I do, like, during the year. Um, and that's how I got involved with the Fringe. And then I was like, I'm just going to go on stage now. And that's why I'm up there. Um, but I started as a theater technician for the Fringe Festivals. Um, so there's always something, like, creative with with the tech. Um, and generally, we try to bring in some sort of, like, extra element of, a of like, a special skill or surprise like last year our challenge was to like well Christy was like I'm gonna learn how to play the accordion or I made her play the accordion so that was her thing like I try to bring my tap shoes and like I always try to like come up with like a new kind of dance that hasn't really been done before we we just try to get creative with the minimal set fringe set that we're given you know what I mean yeah so time traveling clowns you you have to do well this year so that you can bring that back. I think that's pretty much the the point that I'm trying to make here. <laughs> I would love to bring that back. It was such a fun show to do. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that that's the goal. I think I want to keep coming back to Orlando. I haven't even been yet, but I decided that I'm in love with it and uh I will be coming back every year. Good. <laughs> well, uh yeah, no, it sounds like a great addition. Very fringy, you know, very um like, yeah, improvising within these four walls and just making something work and being, you know, this, like, expression of, you know, you you as an artist have all of these things that you do and by coming out and doing something that's devised, like you say, and uses your talents and things that you're interested in and things that you want to learn, I think it's perfect. Um, I think it's exactly what every Fringe Festival needs more of. And it's what it's about, right? I mean, I think that that's what was so inspiring to me and, and getting up there on stage in the first place was, I mean, like last or two summers ago, I teched for two separate fringe festivals and I probably saw like over 80 shows in, in both, sh in both festivals. It was nuts. And at the end of the, and that's kind of what inspired me to write Bizarro Obscure, which was the first show that we did last year, um, was that everybody was just going up there and doing their thing and being and being true to themselves and it wasn't about like going up there and be and becoming the perfect you know having the perfect character you know and like mm -hmm. and, and it being like this insane ridiculous feat it was just like it was an insane ridiculous feat that they were doing because they were just doing anything at all and they were going up there and they were taking all the things that they knew they cared about and they loved and they were able to just get up there and share it with the world and i was like well i can anybody I can do that. So, and, and I'm, I'm really happy to be able to now. And so that, that was it. It was just like the people of the fringe are very, very inspiring and, and I'm just happy to be one of them. That's, that's fantastic. So I think this is a good time to uh, ask some of the five questions because sometimes those end up giving us good long discussion answers as well. So is there, is there a particular tool or a technique or a personality trait that you really need to sort of pull off what you're doing, especially with this year's show? <laughs> Anxiety. Anxiety. 
Um, I don't know. Like I have, I have a countdown. I wrote like a little countdown out on my, on my bedroom wall, just next door here. And it's, and it's every day I tear off a page and now it's, I think I'm leaving in 21 days for the Orlando fringe. So it's just kind of like, I don't know that like that fear is definitely something. No. Um, I, I think it's like just a lot of, a lot of love for what you do and a lot of, um, I don't know, like, there's so much, right? Because, like, you need a good support system that, like, people that will be around you just, like, support you doing this crazy thing, basically going on this, like, I, like, I feel like the the fringe circuit is like a, like a, like a circus, like, it's like a circus circuit is kind of what it is. So, like, you need the support to be able to do it. You need the drive. You need to take care of yourself. I don't know. Like, you need to kind of keep telling yourself that you're worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, definitely yeah. that. Yeah. And just kind of have that strong sense or try to like keep that strong sense of self that we all like, you know, that's why I try to make my plays around messages so they can remind me through the process. But definitely, yeah, like a couple of weeks ago, it was that moment of realizing like, okay, press release time. Okay. Um, you know, do make your poster and hand bill time, you know, like get all this done, buy a mouse for your computer. And yeah, it was a little bit anxiety and like freaking out that actually got me to like get motivated and do it. But I don't know. I think anybody can do it. Honestly, that's kind of what I've been repping since last year. And we got back from our like three city tour. Um, I've, I've kind of said to all my friends, you got to do it. Like you, you got, you you got it or like you got to do the thing that you got to do no matter how scary it is because I did it and it's possible and I'm not I'm just I'm just some girl <laughs> like I'm not you know what I mean yeah. so yeah uh, it's a great answer um is there is there a particular person or like a moment where you really felt like okay this is what I want to be doing now like is there one one thing or one person you can point back to and be like that that was the that was the moment when this turned around for me um, yes, I think, I think I, uh, well, it's hard to say one moment cause it was just kind of a bunch of uh, like a collection of moments that added up to this moment in which I am now. But, um, I think, um, I met some very, very special people, um, who you probably know, um, at the Winnipeg fringe, um, when I started as a BYOV tech at the University of Winnipeg, because I, I went there to become a technician as well. Yeah. And then I became their grant summer student and just worked three shows um, um, at the University of Winnipeg. So I was just like fresh, still in university, didn't really know what Fringe was or like knew what it was, but like first time working for it. Yeah. And um, the two groups that I had that really stood out was um, Martin Dockery, yeah. who you know, and he did the Holy Land experience there, which I don't know if you've seen it, but it's about the Holy Land experience it in is. Orlando. So and I've, I've, I saw that show 13 times because it was like the show <laughs> I did. So like, I can't wait to go to Orlando and see it. Um, and um, John Patterson and yeah. uh, Ken Brown did Minding Dad. And those guys, yeah, like we just hit it off. Like I hit it off with all of them, honestly, like Martin too. And they were just kind of like uh, John and Ken... Uh, like have a big big part in the Edmonton Fringe and they said Sydney we like you so much you have to come to Edmonton Fringe Ken said stay on my couch and you can just hang out so I grabbed my best friend uh Carly at the time and we just went and hung out for two weeks and did nothing but kind of see fringe shows at the Edmonton Fringe and whatever and then the next year um John invited me back to be his um 
technical director of his BYOVs in Edmonton. And I'd say, like, that was a big moment just because their, like, openness and love towards me, this girl that they had met, and we just had a great time together for two weeks, and we immediately became, like, they immediately became, like, some of my closest friends, and, like, I still consider them as such. And, um... And yeah, and like I just, I'd never look back. <laughs> I've just been going to the Edmonton Fringe every year, and I'm just trying to expand from there. Awesome, yeah. Uh, if if you're gonna get introduced to Fringe, I'd say that, yeah, having John Patterson take you to his home home Fringe festival that'd be pretty good. Yeah, well, he's the man, right? And and it's great because now I like I know that that's that's what kind of Fringe is about, and so I try to show all of my friends or people who are interested around me or just like folks who are new to the circuit, the same kind of like love and openness that they showed me to kind of say, you know, like, no, like you belong here. Like every, if you want to belong here, like you do, which is the best feeling ever. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So is there some place that you really want to perform, you know, that put, put on your bucket list or maybe somebody that you want to perform for? Oh, I don't know. I guess, I, I don't know if this is like your kind of like standard classic answer, but I I really just, I, I really want to go to New York someday and I really want to just kind of suss out the scene there. I don't know. That's a hard question. Yeah, I guess, I guess it would be New York. I don't know if there's anyone that I would want to perform for. I don't really, because I don't really know like, where my story is going to go. I just hope that the right person one day sees me perform mm. and I get more opportunities to do so. Um, yeah, that's a good question. But I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's always very nerve wracking to have people come see me perform. That's why I really like that. I can't see them because they're sitting in the dark for the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I do have that anxiety. Um, but I guess, yeah, I just, I hope that the right people see me perform, especially like when I'm like having these shows with these messages, I hope that the people who come see them are able to kind of take something away from it and, and, kind of I'm able to like we're able to like empathize and have that like me too moment because that's kind of like the ultimate goal is like healing with art so I don't know I guess like the right person to come see my show is the person who needs to come see my show at that right moment yeah if that makes sense that's kind of the why I'm doing it so I uh it's such a humbling answer like not not that anybody else has a right or a wrong answer you know I I tried to come up with questions that were very open-ended for this, but like, you know, the most recent person I had on, he said, I want to perform for Alan Cumming. And I was like, yeah, me too. Like <laughs> if Alan Cumming says, Hey, good job. And is like Scottish accent. Then I think that that would pretty much be, you know, just like one of those life defining moments. But then if you just have also just an audience member who you didn't know was coming and they, they can give you that same amount of approval, then why not? So yes, that, that, that is the most right answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, I, of course I would love like Lauren Michaels to come see me perform. Like, you know what I mean? Like, of course yeah. I would love like Brene Brown, like the woman who has inspired me to do this kind of thing. She's this insane, um, storyteller, social worker lady. Like if you don't know her, look her up. She just, she's 
she's all about vulnerability and that's what this show is about. Like, of course, of course I sent her like an email saying, Brene, I'm doing my show in Orlando. Like you should come this ridiculous thing. Of course. Like I get that. But, um, I know through seeing fringe shows that, um, I can go see a show and be like this show was the perfect thing that I needed in this moment. It totally is defining my life right now. It is giving everything meaning. And it is, and that's the best, and I can go home and journal about it and tell my friends and family about it, and it can be, like, the most perfect thing ever. And, like, if I can give that to somebody, like, that, that's the best. Like, that, what a good day. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's a perfect segue to my next question, that is there something that you've seen recently that, that did have that, you know, that the day defining moment, that, that year defining moment in it where you're just like that, that was really special. Hmm. The way I usually ask it is what, what have you seen that made the popcorn fall out of your mouth? Oh, I like that one. Um, I gotta be honest with you, Ryan. I um, I'm not very good at seeing a lot of theater during the year, <laughs> as I'm a broke little technician. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really give myself the opportunity to, which is so sad. And and like I'm totally feeling guilty for it now because I know I should. But um, I'm also a. Uh, I I think I need to say I think I need to say this one. Um, I, I'm also a stage manager during the year, um, and I did a gig in the um, uh, in the fall time, or like like last fall, last winter, um, in which I went on tour with a local Winnipeg company across Manitoba, which is the province that I that I reside in, mm. um, to different high schools, um, and and they're they're a really cool company because they they're really about like kind of like spreading messages as well, and uh, there was this one moment um where we were in this high school called Tech Vok High School and we were performing for like it was it was a ton of kids. It must have been like I wanna uh I don't know, I wanna say it was like a thousand kids, but it could have been like, I don't know, four hundred. It was a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. And um and I so I was stage managing, so I was on the side of the stage and it was kind of about because in in Winnipeg we have a huge, huge problem with our uh childcare system. So it was all about kids in foster care um, in this in our city, and so it's 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 a huge problem because kids don't understand it. Like kids in school, like you'd meet like you you would meet so many kids in this city who are so young and have gone through traumas like you wouldn't believe. Half my family live in this um, or like work in this childcare system, so it's it's a really important issue to our province. And uh, but we were also kind of talking about bullying and and. Um, mm. And, and that kind of thing throughout the show. So we were, and it was forum theater. So what we would do is we would kind of show them a scenario and we would play out a scene or they would play out a scene and then the, and a kid would kind of clap and yell stop and then go up and then take the place of one of the actors and, um, and then kind of do their, their bit or whatever. And, and, and then how, how the scene could be better. So like treating somebody nicely. So I got to go on tour and see like kids all across my beautiful province um, who have been bullied, who have been like assaulted by like their like life basically, who have been in the worst situation, go up on stage 
um, and nobody knows who them they are, like their peers, tell their story or um, just kind of like have like this emotional moment with the audience. It's a room full of high school kids. So like you'd think they were crazy, but like it was generally so quiet. You could hear a pin drop. And um, that moment happened over and over again throughout the tour. And I'm like singling out TechVoc because there were so many kids and this little this girl came up in front of the stage and nobody knew who she was. And she grabbed the microphone from kind of like our facilitator's hands. And she just kind of started saying, you know, like, this is, this is me and this is my story. And she kind of just went into it. And everyone was so silent. Nobody was saying anything to her. She started crying. Like I went up. I held her hand because I was like, what, what do I do? I was just kind of sitting there. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was like this ultimately defining moment that art is healing and art can heal us all. And like, and, and it was the energy in the room. Like I can't explain it. Right. Like it still like gives me chills. Like it's, it was just like a bunch of high school kids who are all like, you know, hopped up on sugar and like probably smoked weed at lunch and like, or like, like, you know, just like kind of going crazy. Um, but they were all so, connected in that moment and the fact that like I got to do that every single day and go to different high schools and like see these kids get connected um that made the popcorn fall out of my mouth sounds like it yeah basically so yeah that (laughs) yeah uh this this just gets better and better all the time um so this one uh, it's hard to follow up what you just said, but we're going to try. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there still an aspect of what you're doing that is terrifying? Is, is there something that's the next thing that you need to learn or the next thing that you need to achieve to sort of like feel like you're moving ahead? I think it's always a process. Like, um, the, the, the woman who I've been kind of like studying intensely in preparation for the show, Brene Brown talks about... She defines these people, um, these people as wholehearted people, which kind of means that like they live with their whole heart. They're like vulnerable all the time. They're whatever. And like me being like a crazy perfectionist, I'm like, oh, this is like the perfect person, right? Like mm-hmm. this is the person that like I want to be. Like I want to like I want to constantly strive to be this person. But through the journey of learning about like what kind of person this is, you realize that there's no like well of course there's no such thing as perfection and it's kind of like a constant I've used the word struggle before but it's not it's just like kind of a constant um I don't know it's like it's it's like you kind of just need to constantly take care of yourself honestly like and, and like mentally and emotionally like throughout throughout the process of doing something like this or doing anything really i don't know if that answers your question at all no i think it yes you know just the way you say it like it kind of reminds me of until you have to take care of another person even if it's for a short amount of time you don't realize like all of the little things that just that you do for yourself all the time right yeah definitely and like to like reward yourself and to kind of say like I've gotten a lot of work done this week, Ryan, but like, I'm not celebrating the work that I've done. I'm like looking at my to-do list being like, holy crap, look at all this stuff I have to memorize. Look at all this blocking I need to figure out or whatever, you know, like it's about like taking that moment and like 
I'm like trying to like have a balanced ego, right? But being able to like sit there and be like, no, like you're doing good. Like pat yourself on the back, keep going, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so are you working with a director on this show or are you just kind of doing it all yourself? I'm not working with a director. Um, my roommate, Elsa Reeser Taylor, is this brilliant writer and poet and she's been helping me, um, well, she hasn't been helping me. She's, she's my co-writer. Um, so we've been, but I've been, she's kind of like my go-to person. So every time I do something new or every time she does something new, like we, I, I go downstairs and, you know, jump into her bed and say like, okay, I have another idea kind of thing. So we, I don't know, I guess I, she's kind of like my director too in that way, just because like, I, I, you really can't do this kind of thing alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you could, or else your ideas will just kind of like mush into oblivion. Well, that's just my belief. Yeah. I've definitely seen some fringe shows that the, the concept was really super solid and even, you know, the way it was written, but they just really needed a director or just any outside brain, right. To just, you know, like tie it all together to just keep, keep it, feeling like a show instead of just like a little series of disjointed things, or maybe there were certain things that they spent a lot of time on because like, Oh, this was really hard for me to memorize. And then they got up to that point and then you kind of get to that. Oh, okay. Well that part was clearly very well done. And then this other part, very not, you know, like it was just inconsistent. Right. So I feel like having that outside person can really help. Yeah, totally. And I think that, I think that from from or from doing this last year, a really big thing that I learned was you learn so much in every show with every audience, right? Yeah. So I think that that's a really great thing that like you can constantly be growing on, and like I'm I'm just I'm really excited to do that like throughout the Orlando Fringe. But I mean that just goes to show that like it's a constant conversation, right? Like whether you're you have a fourth wall up or not, like you're having a constant conversation with somebody um, in which that they're you're talking and they're listening, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's the same way that you you can't just like ha and and you're learning from what they're responding, right? So you can't create a whole show without. I don't know by yourself unless you have like a split personality disorder. Then I'd say like go for it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like you need that person. You need that. I don't know. I I, I think it's I I I'm blown away by the people who can just kind of completely come up with a show by themselves because I'm not that kind of person. But I think it's possible. Yeah, I, I I have to talk about all of my ideas, which is why I do podcasts because otherwise I would never have these ideas in the first place. Totally. And people are, I'm sure, like, around you are super psyched to hear your ideas. Well, thank you for saying so. I, I hope so. This is getting near the end of uh, the show, so I'm going to give you a chance to maybe tell us a little bit about how we find out more information. We're going to remind people that your show is called Village Axe. So how, how do we find out more about Village Axe? Okay. Um, well, I was just going to say, like, if you just scroll down to the bottom, because my show starts with a V. That's what I was going to say about the <laughs> But um, my website is www.peachyk.ca. Uh, it's just a K, not any sort of special K. And my Facebook page is facebook.com slash peachykeenprod. And uh, that is my Twitter handle as well, peachykeenprod. Wonderful. We'll be looking forward to having you here in Orlando. Um, I have a couple of housekeeping things that I always do at the end of the show. You can find this podcast and all of our previous episodes at bloggingfringe.com. 
We're on the iTunes store, so you can search for Blogging Fringe. Also, Stitcher Radio, um, or whatever your favorite podcasting app is. If you if you don't have a podcasting app, Stitcher is a decent one. You want to check out and actually subscribe. On Twitter, we go by Blogging Fringe on Facebook. And then we also have the Orlando Fringe Crush page that we will be posting some stuff up. And it looks like Orlando Fringe officially is going to maybe be featuring some of the Fringe Crush videos We still have to talk about how exactly that works out, but it looks like it's going to happen. And last but not least, we have a voicemail line. If you want to leave a quick review of a show, if you want to tell us about a fringe crush, if you're currently looking at someone doing a handstand on a chair wearing a kilt and you you just want to tell somebody what you saw, you can totally do that. Um, Obviously, maybe your first instinct is post a photo to Instagram, but then leave us some commentary and tell us all about it. It is 407 nine oh six nine two four nine and happy fringe to you and sydney thank you once again for coming on the show this has been a real joy thank you so much ryan for having me it was really a pleasure to meet you awesome and uh yeah we'll see you in may only apparently just uh, three or four weeks away now (laughs) apparently (laughs) great